The following discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. Ken Ham and Joel Osteen? What are they even arguing about? Whether you should own a bigger boat? Like, what's the... They're both in <laughs> They both don't know what they mean by boat. Does God exist? Yep. Thank All you right. for watching <laughs> the Cigarette Saints podcast. Now that we've settled that debate. All right, welcome to the Second Rate Saints podcast. I'm one of your hosts here, Caleb. To my left is... I'm Joshua. To my left is... I'm Joel. And to my left... I'm Colton. And to my left... It's me, Caleb. We've gone full circle. Um, Joel. Yeah? Have we done stuff on the internet? Do we do stuff on the internet? Uh, weekly, yeah. Wow. No, we're posting our episodes. We're, uh, we're on the regular, where we want to be. Um, yeah, so send us comments, questions, or concerns about the episode um, at secondratesaints at gmail.com, or you can check us out at our website at secondratesaints.com. Um, what else do we do? We have an Instagram and a Twitter. Not super active right now, but we're going to be posting more on it, hopefully, um, in the near future. Yeah. Um, so there's a there's a nasty habit we have here on the podcast, um, reading. So Colton, what have you read? Well, uh, actually, this week, uh, I have finished reading Reasonable Faith by William Lane Craig, third edition specifically. Third edition. <laughs> That's crazy. That there's three editions because I know they're all vastly different. Of yeah, the uh, original one was in the 80s. Um, yeah, it had to be updated a few times because you know it's a work of apologetics uh, describing why God exists. Um, why I would say that logically. God exists, but not what eh, why it's reasonable to well, believe does, that God exists. Mm, yes, that is the point. But mm. no, why? Like he starts with why does God exist? Yeah, kind of. Uh, this is how God. This is how we know God exists. This is how God exists, and this is why Jesus exists, or Jesus is God, kind of thing. Oh um, wow! So it actually gets into Jesus is God. Yes, that's oh, the that's uh, the last bit of the that's book. That's good. Um, Sometimes weird apologetic books they just stop at deism. It's yes. like oh, okay. I actually think I'll get into it, okay. but um, the book Reasonable Faith is about how uh, mainly that. You can believe in science and goodness and all of those uh, great things like, uh, what's what's the word? Not materialism. materialism but You can believe materialism. <laughs> you can believe in the natural Empiricism? world. Is that what you're saying? In the natural world and through and data and all of that stuff, you don't just have to throw it out of your minds and still be a Christian. Yeah. That there's a, it's not just our, a fool's hope that's not connected to reality at all, mm-hmm. but there is actual grounding to the Christian beliefs. Um, and I mean, if you've been in the apologetic sphere at all, you'll recognize uh, reasonable faith as being William Lane Craig's magnum opus. Yeah. Is, actually, is it? No, his, I, uh, he is newer stuff. Philosophical Foundations of the Christian Worldview is his magnum opus with J.P. Moreland. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. It seems and, like it's a more expletive. I keep using that word, but and, I don't think I'm using it right. And that were that book that you just mentioned, Caleb, is like it's a philosophy textbook yeah. for Christian philosophical theology. Whereas this is a... Yeah, that feels like this, but on steroids and less oriented towards apologetics. Yeah, that yeah, feels um, very narrowed. Yeah, reasonable but, faith 
is a it is sort of progressive like it has a continuation of thought but it's like each individual segment is its own argument mm-hmm. um it goes over a few i'm not going to get into all of them because there's like a lot but well i mean that's one of the is that how the book is structured is that they can be read as individual chapters or is there a, a mounting kind of force well much like any apologetic uh if you read one section without reading uh, knowing the logic behind and in front of you're just kind of stuck so if you read one chapter you're going to get a very good and basic understanding of the apologetic but if you want to know how to argue that with someone and cover all your bases and know where all of the thought comes from reading all the chapters would definitely benefit so it's it it is linear then it does have a fairly linear okay it's like it's progressive it's not Hmm. you don't need to read the previous chapter to know what the next chapter is saying but you know that that one's true based on the previous. But I think mm. also, too, the way to you approach extent. apologetics, you'll have a lot of people that have arrived at, like, sure, a god may exist, mm. which might maybe an- be answered in a couple of those chapters. Yeah, that's the first few. Yeah. But then, why that god? Yeah. Mm. And so then I'm sure that would be the next few chapters. And so yes. I guess it may that's follow true. a logical progression of someone coming to faith. Yeah, it, it's like it's starting at the most basic. Why does... The, the first chapter is how do we, well, how do we know Christianity is true? But it's the absurdity of life without God. Why the universe needs to have an origin, basically. Um, and that origin needs to be God. Um, but he was a theologian in the fourth century. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> what are we talking about? I don't know. What we're it, was about. A, it was a reference that no one will get. Uh, Colton, one out of five. What? One out of five for the for book. For this book? Yeah. Um, well, for someone who knows nothing about um, apologetics and wants to get into it, this is fantastic. Okay. Um, it's a great, in, like, much like we've talked about On Guard a little bit um, by, what's, is that Chamberlain? Uh, no, On Guard is a shortened version oh, of Craig. Reasonable Faith. Yeah, yeah that's yes, Craig. Uh, yeah. Why they stop believing is what? Chamberlain. You're right. right. Yeah. Sorry, I've read apparently multiple Different types that talk about well, very both similar of those things. Were a text in the class that we took together. Yeah, so I think that's where you're getting your wires crossed. Yes, but um, on guard is a much more simplified version of this yeah. book, and it advertises itself as such. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it'll give you the the more basic argument. This one's better at just going through. It's not exhaustive. Like mm. it's not just here's all the possible angles for this apologetic possible. Um, it kind of goes into the basic arguments against it and some of the more fringe ones, but less it's more focused on the actual credible arguments Mm. against Christianity and stuff like that. But, um, one out of five, I would probably give it a four out of five. It is. If you're looking for something that is a little more in depth, this is good to start with, but I would go into something like even that philosophical book to find Mm. answers to make your own apologetic. That was reasonable faith by, William, William Lane Craig. Craig. Uh, first. Yeah, Josh. Josh, one out of five. Cover. Three. Three? Why? Yeah, three to five. Ignore this this splotch I have here. Yeah, no, the, the banner of the people on top of like the historical figures and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Get rid of that. Um, really? Really? Yeah. It's, it's just kind of distracting and taking away from the rest of the design. Um, Interesting. You know what? For I, once, I, I, I actually side with Josh. Yeah, wow. it's it's a it's a change of the. Hell froze over. Mm-hmm. It's it's like if 
yeah, there, there, there's a pat, there's a design going on. There's a theme, mm-hmm. a thematic, so to speak. Um, <laughs> and the people just show up out of nowhere as a banner on the top. And it's, well, these are the, the, the Christian, uh, rationals. Yeah. Throughout history. That's yeah. I don't need to know what they look like. I just need to know their names. I, I, I actually think you get, get rid of the, uh, the thing in the center. That kind of just Interesting. Like yeah, random it's a bit strange. cursive writing Celtic cross stuff that's like not really anything. Can I see it? Can you pass it here? <laughs> this is the, the show and tell part where we pass yeah, it around. Yeah, I don't know the, what uh, this is. So for our audio listeners, it looks. Um, yeah. <laughs> look up the third edition, I guess, and you'll see. Yeah. But, but this is. Anyway. <laughs> the, the it looks that, like something that someone would carve in turquoise and try and sell you. You know? That's what the design looks like. <laughs> On a beach. On a beach, probably. Now, I bet you guys probably don't have the answer to this because I don't have the answer to this and I'm the one who read the book, but um, I don't know if there's a fourth edition, but this book came out in 2008. So it is a slight bit outdated for an apologetic. There's probably some arguments people have made against the book. Although it is like, the reason I give it a 405 for apologetics is that while it's not the most perfectly up-to-date thing... It's pr- it holds water pretty well. Like the, when I'm reading it, I'm not like this is how you argue against it. It's like, oh yeah, no, this is this is fair. Well, I mean, William Lane Craig's been around forever, right? Yeah. Like yeah. He, he knows what he's talking the about. He, the reason he knows what he's talking about is because he was around forever. He was around when all this happened. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, was he, the one arguing with people. Yeah, he's been here before New Atheism, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is just That's true. Really good. Um, yeah. What's your guys like top um, apologetic debates, right? Oh, because oh. I just re-listened to the Craig versus Hitchens. That's so good, and it's he mops the floor with him. It's well, just like insane how badly Hitchens does. Ken Ham, Joel Osteen, <laughs> Joel Ken Ham and Joel Osteen. <laughs> what are they kidding, even arguing not... about? Whether you should own a bigger boat? Like no, what's the... no, <laughs> <laughs> they both don't know what they mean by boat. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Joel uh, Osteen's arguing that. Because Noah had a bigger boat, that's why he survived. Because God provided him for what he needed mm. for the salvation required. Okay, we're, we're getting too into this hypothetical. No, that's uh, not a real debate. Why the Hitchens and Hitchens stuff. and Craig? But then I think what you were referencing was the Ken Ham and Bill Nye debate. <laughs> no, I wasn't referencing that, but that one okay. was pretty good. Um, I don't think I've seen Ken Ham in anything other than with his own website and that debate. I've watched a few Sam Harris debates against Christians, almost all of which I'm mad about because Sam Harris would find the people that he can easily dismantle. Yeah. Um, but usually they were like the Hitchens one and yeah. Craig. Was that over the existence of God? Um, yeah, it was. Because there's, the, there's a William well, Lane Craig, Sam Harris one, mm-hmm. and it's about morale, objective morality. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen that one. Yeah. But that would have been a long and time. And William ago. Lane Craig again mops the floor. If I... Can if I'm not allowed to mention uh, William Lane Craig against uh, Christopher Hitchens, yeah, my favorite one actually is uh, Tom Holland versus AC Grayling on the Un- Unbelievable podcast on the mm. Did Christianity Give Human Value? Uh, human Value again? Give us human the, values, not the actor. Yes, not the actor, <laughs> talk, not awesome. Spider Man versus yeah. Grayling. No, which sounds sounds <laughs> that like sounds a, like a Spider Man. Um, but the weird thing is, I don't think either of those are Christians. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yes, Tom Holland's just a historian. Is like, no, Christianity was a good thing. Yeah, he's agnostic, but he's like so agnostic that he's he's like what's his name, the British Douglas Murray. He's like Douglas Murray. Where he's uh, like, yeah. we can't if we abandon Christianity, we're going to abandon the West. So, I mean, uh, it's not really wrong. 
But Douglas um, Murray is wild. He's yeah. both of them are moving closer and closer to Christianity. It's wild, it, which it, is awesome. Yeah, it does seem that with all of these debates, there is a common theme of that. There is quite a bit of an argument over the existence of God, and because we are on par intellectually with all. Of <laughs> Oh, interesting. No, just, just kidding. But uh, I think there is still room to talk since it is such a common debate that's happened for literally thousands of years, um, whether God exists, whether Jesus is God. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think, think it's I think it's time for us to throw our hat in the ring. I, <laughs> nice. I don't think that you could say the existence of God has been like debated for thousands of years. I don't think so. I think that it's something that comes with enlightenment, doesn't it? Well, not everybody believed in God. Yeah, but I don't think there was this active arguing against You did have atheists. There were always a small band of atheists, as far as I can tell from reading stuff. Yeah, yeah. but they were usually like the goths. <laughs> not literally the goths. The, you mean the goths, the, the historicals? <laughs> you no, know, not the historical There's goths, but the, uh, yeah. No, They're few the, and uh, far between. They were the hipsters, the ones who yep. believed, like, no, were those tried were the to Visigoths. be <laughs> rebels kind of thing. <laughs> what up? Hi, Visigoths. Um, they were the ones in orange. <laughs> wow. Uh, anyway. Welcome to humorous history. <laughs> Inaccurate history also. But weren't the first atheists just Christians? Yeah, we were called... Yeah, because they were denying the gods of the age. Yeah, yeah but, but like so were post, some... Post-enlightenment uh, atheism is... Well, post-Renaissance atheism is very different from anything that came before it. That's true. But it's not like there wasn't people who didn't care about the gods mm -hmm. or didn't believe in gods or, or said that Christianity was wrong or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Or a lot of philosophers who'd be like, does a god exist? There's some spiritual thing, but I don't know if a god exists. Yeah. yeah. Stuff most, like of the, most of the Greek philosophers didn't believe in the... Or at least they didn't care. The, the major pantheon of Greece. Yeah. yeah. However... Yeah. There, yeah, there were a lot of philosophers yeah. that would believe that there are there is something external, there is something supernatural, but they began to become murky about the person of the personhood and yeah. like the the agency yeah. of such a thing. Um, and in that sense, maybe they were that may be closer to the deism. Not even because deism often will hold to a personal thing, a personal being. Um, oh, I, but yeah, that's true. absent. And, Whereas yeah. this would be like ah, force, right. Yeah, there's yeah. the force yeah. that underpins all of reality. Yeah. yeah. But Obi-Wan. Metachlorians. <laughs> oh. Um But anyway, this, <laughs> you said everyone's favorite part. I said everyone's the least favorite part. So we get to keep going. Um Does God exist? Yep. Thank all you right. for watching the Cigarette Saints podcast. <laughs> now that we've settled that debate. Well, before we get into it, I, I uh why do we think that or how do we know that God is real? What what metrics do we use? Because mm. we've talked a bit about epistemology in the past and stuff like that. You can't just say, okay, we're going to scientifically prove God because... Uh, you see, I have this quarter, and I'm going to rub it between my hands uh, and slap it on the wall. I'm not yeah. going to give my theory of epistemology and then derail uh -oh. everything first. No, so no. Okay, what's epistemology, Caleb? Uh, the study of knowledge and like the theory How of knowledge. How we know and wow. the more you know. <laughs> Man, this is... This is a bad episode for that, isn't it? Some um, good memes. So it's the study of how we come to know what we yeah. know. And the theory of knowledge, yeah. 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 Well, then... Colton. How do, how do we know that God exists? Sorry, what were you going to ask? No, that's fine. Uh-oh. My epistemology is weird, though. That is true. Yeah. Um, can we look at 
reality and make a rational argument for why God exists. Yes, I know I just yeah. talked about reasonable faith, but mm-hmm. from a most basic perspe- uh, perspective, why is, are we able to say God exists if we can't physically prove his existence? A good place to start, which a lot of people do go, is there things exist hmm. and things have to things have to come into existence. Sure. That the law of um, if something has a beginning, there has to be a cause for the beginning. Mm. Um, therefore, there must be a cause. Well, yeah. Um, and the argument would be you have to have something that does not require a beginning mm-hmm. that simply exists or is existence itself. That is the first cause. That is the first cause. And whatever that would be, we would call yep. God because that's where everything comes from. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a being, it doesn't matter if it's a force, whatever started everything we would call God yeah. because that is what started everything. Yeah. yeah. The old <clears throat> argument was called the unmoved mover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, if you have something that pushes something because it was pushed into it, you follow a chain until you have something that is standing still and causes the first thing to move the, yep. the first yeah. domino to fall in a lot of apologetics or, uh, philosophy courses. This will be one of the first, uh, hmm. arguments you'll hear about the existence of God too. Yeah. Um, it's old. It's very, very old. old. Well, then you get into, um, Oh, wait, no, we'll talk about that after. Sorry. I just looked at the notes and I'm like, oh, no, it's all good. Planned it for later. Um, if God is, if God is real as this uncaused mover, we're not saying it's the Christian God, not saying it's any rational God. You're saying this is an argument for deism then. Sure. Yeah. Or even, even like say it's just the, your theism the universe. Sorry, an argument for theism. Yes. Just God, a God, a thing that we would call God existing in the first place. Mm-hmm. Why can't, like, a lot of people argue that the universe could have been infinite. Some form of oscillating or uh, mm-hmm. multi-dimensional. Uh, why does there have to be a, why can't the chain just keep going backwards into infinity? Yeah. It's called infinite regress. Infinite regress. Fun to say. People yeah. usually point towards the oscillating model as, uh, m- most people kind of abandon that one because, mm-hmm. you know, philosophically it doesn't really hold that much water. Yeah. Um, the idea being that, I mean, if you, it's it's kind of just the problem with even multiverse stuff, or, or kind of how that breaks down. It's it's like if if there's an infinite history, well, it can't be infinite because then something, then everything that could happen in the future has already happened, and you can basically just think of any way you could destroy the current reality with a past reality. Like if there's an infinite possibility sure. in the yeah, past, that then there's something that could have wiped out the entirety of humanity. Oh well, it never because humanity exists now. Yep. Oh, and but there could have been something else. It's like a whole thing where you just you have infinite possibilities. So then, and and the thing is that also uh, there's there's. Mm-hmm. Are, you, uh, are you not on my side on that one? I just don't think it's convincing. I agree. It just it's never made sense to me, and like for for time itself to be infinite just doesn't make yeah. sense. Well, especially when well, it's especially. when it's linked to ma- to material, right? Like mm-hmm. Einstein's theory of relativity yeah. proved that. If it's true, which it probably is, mm-hmm. uh, but even if it's not, if you look like, I think it was Aquinas actually, or it was Anselm, I can't remember who, who said that if something goes back infinitely, it then has infinite chaos, kind of thing, and something that is ordered cannot come out of chaos. So the universe cannot have rules and 
logic and uh, like pattern mm. universally throughout it. If the um, like gravity can't exist because that is a law that exists that is not broken mm. um, through something that is infinitely chaotic. Sure. Yeah. Um, that is more philosophical, but it's also that um, the rules would not be the same through each oscillation. Oh, it would break the intelligibility of the universe. Yes. Because oh, if, wow. if the universe yeah. expands and contracts, that's the oscillating models. It, contra- yeah. it contracts into like a point, expands, contracts back into a point, expands. Mm-hmm. Um, is that each time uh, either the rules of that universe would change, which again goes into his argument that it would be infinitely chaotic with different rules. How can you have something that's orderly if it's infinitely chaotic and has something different? What happens um, if it's the exact same though? Well, then that would say that something is making it that way. And whatever yeah. that would be, would be whatever creates that order. We would probably call God. You don't no. think you could put to play devil's advocate. Sure. If, if materialistic determinism is true, mm-hmm. right? Even every thought neurons firing in your brain. Mm-hmm. If, supposing that the the rules of reality remain constant, which would mean something, but supposing that, Mm -hmm. if the oscillating theory does exist and it is just material functions Mm -hmm. and it's repeating because the rules of reality are the same and when it contracts and expands, it produces the same cause and effect, could that not go on? Not not with the same rules because the rules are bound by by its own... Like if if you see By it as the a bubble, of the material universe itself. Yeah, if if you okay. if you see it like a bubble that's going into an infinitely small point and then expanding to whatever size and then infinitely small, everything that is time, space, rules, logic, math, mm-hmm. anything you could possibly, even possibly imagine. So that situation um, would be within that bubble. That situation cannot exist because the rules which govern, let's say, the cycle contract and expand and get crushed and, and recreated contro- and crushed yeah. infinitely as yeah. well into that infinite singularity yeah. isn't isn't and the defeater of that a relationship with entropy um em- entropy has more to do with the heat death of the universe and whether or not that would happen before it oscillates yeah um okay if it, yeah. if the universe which we think re- it would that is the more the consensus i just i yeah. don't remember what the relationship is but i remember reading on guard and mm-hmm. something about entropy defeats the oscillating model yeah but i don't remember how well, the idea is that if entropy carries over through oscillations, then it would eventually stop. Well, yeah, and the like, bouncing ball will just stop bouncing. Well, yep. well, yeah, the idea would be is that there's entropy is showing you that there's no sign of contraction. There's only expansion. Mm. That's what entropy is showing us. Yes. And so that's why I think Joel is saying that it's a it's a defeater of the oscillating theory is because there's no sign for a contraction back into that point yeah, because the, um, entropy causes it to go out. That is true. The, the yeah. only, yeah. It's Gravity's more, it losing to, to expansion. With, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't want to get fully into the science of it, but with mm-hmm. the second law of thermodynamics with entropy and stuff like that. Uh, great. Um, I love, <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite theory. Uh, the, uh, but it, there's, it would say that the energy couldn't, would, change into a different form that's unusable mm-hmm. and eventually you become infinitely like it heat. would become a new uh, yeah heat uh expands and dissipated evenly across the universe so nothing mm-hmm. can change because things don't interact enough for entropy 
no, uh, to actually because like, nothing it, changed ease and time itself ceases to be right yeah the death of entropy is the death of the universe it's, mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then there is another problem though with the oscillating issue which is what why does the cycle even exist like where did it come from originally yeah like why like you have yes you could say yeah. you, there's this infinite regress right but why is that infinite regress even there? Well, personally, I would say if you want to put some kind of cap on it and say mm -hmm. that's just how it is, then why not call the infinite regress God? Well, it's no. an impersonal God, but it is God. It's force. But that would just be pantheism, kind of. Yeah. No, absolutely it would be. No, but what I'm saying is why does the thing even exist? What do you mean? Like why where, does... where did the infinite regress come from? Yeah, like, we're presupposing that? that there is a why. Well, yeah, the, the point would be is that there is no why, it just is. Yeah. Mm. No, I understand that. But well, let me ask the question anyway. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's presupposing that. Yes. It is presupposing that, yeah. But there is a knowable alternative, which is that it doesn't exist. There is an alternative. It either exists or it doesn't. Yeah. Oh, so you're saying the question is why is there something rather than Why is there something rather than yes. nothing? Mm hmm. Yep. Stephen Hawking's answer to that was because there is. <laughs> like, actually, that was yeah, his argument. That's not an argument. I think it was more because there is. I'm sorry. Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Hmm. Anyway. I'm a menace. <laughs> we, we've thrown a bunch of crazy words in mm -hmm. science around second law, third dynamics, entropy, all that. Oh, can you define the second law? Because I'm pretty sure you lost people there. <laughs> the second did, law of thermodynamics uh, for... In, it's it's the law of entropy that with uh, okay that off of head be created or destroyed is that that's what we're the third um, is the third yeah that's Newton's third law right oh, yeah yeah it's, uh, I don't know man. but the second law is that um, objects that uh, objects at rest will build entropy and that that will cause like energy transfers to happen basically oh um, objects that, in motion tend to stay in motion is that what it is no. Um, Man, where am I getting all this then? I'm, my head's... Broken. One simple statement of the law is that heat always moves from hotter objects to colder objects unless oh. energy in some form is supplied to reverse mm -hmm. the direction yep. of heat flow. Cool. Yes. Yep. Cool. Earth Google. is a bad heat. And if there, is no, if there is no movement, entropy builds and creates movement eventually. But through every energy transfer, um, some energy is lost to unusable energies um, that isn't heat and can't be transferred back into heat. Um, therefore, because there's like, what, six different types of energy? I can't remember. Yeah, but, but it's also because the, gotta collect them all. with the expansion of the universe where the actual space itself is expanding in all directions, the f the objects won't be able to interact with each other and tran and transfer energy right unless unless gravity is infinitely touching and that's that's the problem mm -hmm. uh but i don't want to get into it which yeah. could cause an infinite regress and expansion but that doesn't that again it gets more into the philosophical point of something that has infinite regress has infinite chaos and therefore can't create order philosophically um but here we are doesn't that prove that you're wrong that's not enough. It, maybe it's a, there's another way. I don't think it proves it philosophically, does it? No. What do you mean? Infinite chaos doesn't create order. That's not a philosophical argument. That that comes from a probability standpoint, doesn't it? Yeah, but probability is often the realm of philosophy. Um, I I don't. Is that true? 
That doesn't sound true. Here's to the me. thing: he's right, but I also agree with you. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Colton's right, but I also agree with Joel. Well, um, no, the 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 argument. It's more the uh, the philosophical is the actual argument itself that um, something that has a property of chaos cannot create a property that's of its opposite kind of thing. You can't create something that is perfectly ordered mm-hmm. and universal like the law well, because of, of the potential for change. Light would make the order that it created unusable. This sounds... Eventually, it would create something that is unusable. Yeah. yeah. This mm-hmm. sounds like we're transitioning a little bit into the next question. A little bit. Um, the teleological argument. Yeah, well, if some someone made it, then... Well, it reflects order. That's for sure. Does anyone know the yes. watchmaker argument? That's what yeah, it is. Throw Next question. <laughs> uh, throw a bunch of stones in the box and a watch comes out. Uh, I always heard pillowcase, but that maybe I was just pillow, in the wrong circle. I heard bag. <laughs> yeah. Like a I plastic a bag. Pillowcase is just a bag for your... For a pillow? For your yeah. head. The, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's the, the, the argument is that um, it, it kind of... It does bleed over a little bit into the, um, the beauty argument because usually people point to beauty mm-hmm. as a standard. But it's more just order in and of itself. Laws of the universe, um, universalism uh, in mechanics across the universe and stuff like that. So the the we, idea... We hopped about three abstract levels yeah, into yeah. it. Does so someone me, want to just lay out the basic... Yeah, yeah. Josh, well, well, I was just going to say that the when we say that there's a universal law, what we mean is that uh, the law of gravity operates the exact same way in every point in the universe. Yeah. You can't go to a place in the universe where the rules don't apply or yeah. don't apply the same. Or blue is red. Yeah. Okay. Except, except for the moon for some reason, Joel. So Joel's wanted to ra- gravity works the same everywhere. Math except works the, the same moon. everywhere. Speed of light. Speed, speed of light, of light works the same the everywhere. That people um, to, yeah. Yes. Um, and if those things were different, mm-hmm. our then we would have to move the pyramids. Anyway, stop. Well, the, the fundamentals <laughs> of the universe would become. But that split second in the—that's the the argument, at least—is but that split second in the Big Bang, would we would collapse back in on itself. Mm-hmm. That's at least what I've read. Yeah, no, that makes sense. If those if those factors mm-hmm. were different, even by like a one hundredth of a percentage, yeah, then it right. would just oh, at, if they were different at all, yeah, it doesn't matter how small. If they were different at all. They would, any one of them. Yeah, because right, it would return to singularity because there's too many differences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, would, that's the argument, at least. Yeah. It would be like building How do we know a, it hasn't infinitely gone through that and just this time <laughs> is the time it expanded? That. No, I'm kidding. Well, yeah. that goes back into the argument of how do we know the Earth even was created? Well, because it exists. Anyways. <laughs> now we're turning Stephen Hawking's argument against him. Yeah. Um, like with, but, with the basic teleological he's argument. He's not going to like it when he hears this. If there is order perfectly across the universe, yeah. which we have to assume because if we found something different, we'd have to change everything about what we know about physics pretty but much. But string theory, Colton. I'm string sorry, theory it not... doesn't go against no, the laws of physics. But explain the teleological argument. Um, if you t- I'll use the clockmaker's analogy just because it is the easiest way to describe yeah. it, I think. If you get a bunch of rocks and throw them into a, be- a pillowcase, Joel, yep. um, shake them up, leave them for as long as you can. It will never, ever create, like, no matter how much you shake it, no matter how much you do it, it won't actually randomly create Mm -hmm. a clock. You sure? Pretty sure. Have you tried it? Because it would make an hourglass, which is... What? Because it makes sand sand. eventually. That's true. That's one part of an hourglass. (laughs) 
But there, there's also the the object too of organized, like complexity. Yes. Of a clock. Yeah. Right? So that one thing is just if you shake a bag, something that is ordered is not gonna is not gonna reflect. Yeah. Something that looks ordered could, but not with the intricate complexities yeah. of a clock. And so one of the things that uh, a complex object is designed by a complex mind. As far as we can tell, mm. things yep. complex things are only made by minds. Yes. Um, and the appearance of one can come, but not an actual complex object. Yeah. It can look complex randomly, but it can't be complex randomly, really. Like a, like a watch. Yeah. yeah. It can look like a watch. Well, technically... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, continue. And this things move place, from please. complex to simple in one direction. Right? Isn't that part of it? I mean, that's part of the intelligent design argument. That's that, part of the intelligent design argument. That's that's an argument that people have all over the place, right? Can do things get more complex? Oh, yeah. Um that's a debate within evolution. Mm-hmm. Um does simple mm-hmm. creatures, simple why well, yeah. can't I think of the name? Single single celled organisms. organisms. Do Amoeba. they ev- do they mutate to the point where they gain complexity? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. People say yes. People say no. It doesn't seem good for the people who say yes. But we're also talking. I'm talking way out of my league. Um, yeah, um, it is a presupposition that yes. Yeah, uh, it doesn't people, seem to be a lot proof. of a lot of people immediately go to life and being like, yeah, look at evolution mm-hmm. can't create. Um, something like you're saying this complex uh, there has to be some guiding force behind it there has to be some intelligent maker I think it's even simpler to look at the rocks that we're throwing into the bag themselves planets stars atoms building blocks and the ma- macro structures that we see mm-hmm. that are naturally generated um, naturally generated like it's a Minecraft it's a or something game. like that um, <laughs> what's your seed <laughs> god um yes josh no continue i was gonna comment on the micro minecraft joke but continue Um, yeah so there's there's a complexity to creation that requires an intelligence there's a similar argument with intelligent design with dna on that same yes plane which is no no the DNA is not just a molecular is not a molecular compound that is formed that creates uh, a chemical reaction. It's an actual language using particles that then is read by the RNA to create a protein based right. off what it reads. Yeah. Um, and so there's an actual language, a four digit language that is present there. It's not a chemical reaction. And language is only ever written by a mind. Yeah. Right. Um, is, is only ever communicated by something that is, has a mind. And there's way more complex yeah. forms of argument that I've read on that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Look, but that's a pretty good distillation I, of it. Yeah. yeah. The, the one that I usually go to, because, um, yeah, life and the, it, the building blocks of life. Yeah. But you look at, like, the conditions on Earth that are needed for Earth to produce life and how crazy specific they have to be. Yep. Like, if some if some things were slightly off place, then we wouldn't have it. Like, uh, if the moon didn't exist, or life on Earth would be impossible because the 
the moon blocks like so many different types of uh, mm -hmm. same with Jupiter asteroids. J Jupiter is the big one, especially yeah. for comets. Um, it's where we put the Nazis after we're done with them. Devil's, oh. devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, but how many other planets do exist that don't have life? One planet having life in all mm -hmm. of the planets throughout the entire all the galaxies. Mm -hmm. If one of them has life, statistically, that wouldn't that therefore be probable if you count every single planet? Um, and potentially, if that's the case, then why does why assume God out of that? Mm, so you're saying we have to find life on other planets for this argument to make sense? Well, no, well you, if you, you had life on if you had life on life. every single planet, and the odds of it were so low, then it'd be like, mm -hmm. yeah, right. But because, as far as we're right. aware, life doesn't exist. On other planets, mm -hmm. then he doesn't even know about the Fermi paradox. Josh, <laughs> what's, what's all this about? <laughs> Anyways, because life doesn't exist on other planets, because they are one of those factors. They don't have a moon. They don't mm -hmm. have a Jupiter to absorb the uh, asteroids and whatnot. Yep. Their sun shoots off too many solar flares. Insert crazy amount of reasons. Yep, the mm -hmm. vast, not just vast majority, as far as we can tell, the majority of other planets don't have even molecular life or animal life, let alone mm -hmm. conscious life. Yep. And if that's the case throughout, as far as we know, the vast majority, if not all the universes, why are we sh be surprised that the probabilities got it right once and we just happen to exist on that one? Well, Because we that's wouldn't only... exist on another one. But that, that's calculating the, the specific macro things we can see about the existence of, like the probability of creating the habitat for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, this, this argument isn't necessary, but I actually do feel like you, you can fall back on the, uh, life is actually so scarce that we should probably assume there's a creator, like there's a worth in having that argument. Okay. It's a big one. I don't know if we're going to cover it fully today, but, um, the habitat for life, we can say it exists through these very crazy, uh, I've heard one in quintillion ish, yeah, I've um, heard something chance, uh, of it existing, but that. It doesn't include the the chance of life actually existing itself, the the necess the chemical and evolutionary ne uh, needs and uh, probabilities. Like for for example, yeah, we say life. One of the quali qualities of life is that it can evolve, interact with its uh, surroundings and protect itself and stuff like that. But how many tries were there for the life that exists with DNA and everything like that, but didn't try to propagate itself? So here's a. The answer, answer would be crazy difficult to, to yeah. assume that the first time or the first billion times that life mm -hmm. managed to duplicate itself yeah. um, somehow. Here is the answer to Caleb's question where you can do the math. The amount of available support bodies in the universe, mm -hmm. according to like if there's so many planets per sun you <laughs> such a weird way to say available support bodies well because you could what? go you could go a moon <laughs> on a planet escape. so like if there's a planet jupiter has moons mm -hmm. that are larger than some of the planets in our solar system yep so if a if a large planet we could live on a moon if it's close enough to the sun if so, i could only afford a, a rocket there yes i could exactly yeah. so yeah, there are europa 10 to the 22 available planets, mm -hmm. objects. 10 to the 22 is, imagine a number with a one and 22 zeros behind it. Like, no, that's that's how large it is. That's actually less than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. 
Okay. The no, give me a second. I'm there are <laughs> one, two, now, three, <laughs> three hundred and twenty-two parameters that mm-hmm. we described for requiring life to exist. We mentioned there's a bunch of them. Carbon-based life. There's three hundred and twenty-two parameters for life. Okay. Right. Um, the chance of all of those existing, uh, the chance of all of that aligning is 10 to the 282. Yeah. So there is less of a chance than there are planets in the universe. That could by by astronomical, by astronomical amounts. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that there is one planet with life so far is so beyond like the, yeah, the habitable body that we live on. Yeah, yeah. my the argument that body. I played for yeah. Devil's Advocate makes too light of the yes of the, the percentage of it. Yeah, yeah. Why are we trying to go to space then? Because space is cool. Because we but can create yep. a support body, like God did for us. Uh, Image of God. <laughs> boom. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying it requires a mind to make a habitable place. Let's go to the moon, boys. Right. Yeah. God so, wants us to terraform Mars. So that was a bit of a clunky way of saying that the order of the universe is yep. insane. Mathematically, the argument agrees. Yeah. With and math. that's that's only with life. For yeah. The, for the physics to align for like gravity to exist. We don't mm-hmm. know anything about gravity really, but for uh movement to happen properly, for something to actually be able to move the the physics behind it that have to all be true. Sure, it could have happened in a different way in a different universe that doesn't exist, but once we get there, then anything, infinitely anything can happen. Yep. We start changing random laws of physics. Yeah. So there's a, there is, it's, the universe requires something to cause it to exist, mm-hmm. and life requires an ordered universe, which had to have been ordered by a mind to allow life to exist appears to be ordered yeah. by a mind due to its complexity. Yeah. Complexity and rarity. If this mm-hmm. is true, then we don't just have to say that there is a cause, but that cause has sentience or, or rationality. Yeah. It, it ha- has a mind. It has intention and purpose. Yeah. And complexity and complexity. Yeah. But God is simple. No, that's a theological argument. Oh, <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So, if there is a causer, ob- obviously, we're going a very mm-hmm. basic, general overview of this. I'm sure there's a few people in the audience already like, yeah, but this specific hyper-crazy argument I haven't talked about yet. And we'll talk sure. to them in the comments section. Yeah, please talk to us. Um, I would love for you to prove me wrong. but I don't want to believe in a I God. I would also love for you to prove Colton wrong. So get in the comments. Like, wouldn't it be funny if I just became an atheist on this podcast? Not really. Oh. I think, no. yeah, you're right. I no, it's not funny, funny because I'd... I don't want you to die in hell. You don't, you don't die, die in hell. hell. Are you annihilationist? <laughs> Dude's um, going to wake up dead. I already pray for enough people. I, I don't... <laughs> it sounds like I don't pray for you already. Uh, it also sounds like you pray for people who are dead. What's going on? I mean, early Christians very did. Anyway, it's very early Christians did. Oh, anyway, moving goodness. on. Um, okay. A God exists. Something that seems to be... Um, a cause or something outside of the universe that isn't the universe itself and has a brain. Mm-hmm. A brain has, it, has, has a, a mind. <laughs> a mind. Okay, let's let's talk about something for a second sure. then, because 
we said that God has a mind and a purpose, but then isn't that then defeated by the teleological argument of anything that has a purpose must have also been created? Sorry, I mean that he has intention. He has purpose for what he's doing. There's a purpose for the universe. Yeah, it's not just random. Yeah. That it has a re there's a there's a reason why it's the way it is. There's specificity rather yeah. than just so abstraction. Does this back you into a, a kind of a corner where you have to say God doesn't have a purpose? God well, finds his purpose in his own in himself. Well, yeah, yeah the argument would be the con- okay. the yeah. fact that he is is his purpose. Yeah, his his will is such a way that it he his want and purpose coalesce. Yeah. Again, trying to disconnect that as much the, from the theological meaning of purpose, but yeah. Mm-hmm. It, the same argument with like how can God We're love very but then he has love in the community Trinity. of the Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway. I don't know if that answered the question, but I'm <laughs> I'm I'm content. <laughs> <laughs> That's code for If it means oh, I don't have to think about it anymore, then it's an answer. <laughs> That's code for oh okay. <laughs> We'll talk about that in another episode. How do we? Okay, we can we can say these based off based off these philosophical. But if it has a mind, how do we know we need that God to exist? We need. Hang on. Can you phrase that like uh, differently? Is there places in the universe or places within humanity where we see needs for God? Well, a God. I need him God. to exist so I can exist. Yeah. Hang on. I don't think we have to place God's necessity on us. Does that that sound right? um, Yeah, because I I don't think... We've already presupposed I think you're saying the question. Timothy Keller's book... I am saying the the question. Reason Uh, for God. Is it Reason for God or Problem of God? The Reason for God. Reason for God. That's an excellent book if you want to get into why God is necessary, but that Mm. gets more into the moral argument Mm -hmm. of things, and I don't know if that's where we're going with this. Yeah, I'd like you to rephrase your question, because I don't think we're understanding the direction of it. (laughs) I'm really dumb. I'm I'm, still thinking about how the mood has different gravity. (laughs) I'm pretty dense, because we were talking about gravity. Oh, man. Um, What's the matter with you? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Colted, rephrase the question. I'm sorry, it's just a constant thing. <laughs> Glad that got a good reaction. Let's oh. go. This sucks so oh bad. Oh my gosh. Colted, say this. Okay. Um, if, if God is real and has a mind, is it a personal God? Is it a God we can know? Um, so you're talking about the difference between uh, deism, which is the idea that God, a God created the world pantheism. and left. Or God is present, but unaware. Can, what if God died? Can I... Well, get out of here, Nietzsche. You're, you come later. Um, can I rephrase your question? Please. Okay. If a exterior to, to matter, if a metaphysical cause of reality exists, and if there is reason to think that he has a mind, or mm-hmm. it has a mind at this point, therefore... Something. Mm-hmm. Is it a reasonable question to ask, could he speak to us? Or could it reveal itself to humanity? Right. Is that where you're going? Yes. Is, is it reasonable more, to assume that, that, that it may be possible for there is some- us to understand 
him if he reaches out or something like that. Yeah. And specifically in the nonverbal scriptural, like, yes, it would be through God contacting, but there is, is there something innate about the universe or humanity that shows that there, that is a thing? Oh, that is so it's not the same question. Does, does human, if God, if there is a God and he creates with purpose and he creates things for purpose, do we have a purpose? And can we see that? I think following that line of argument, it's that if we have a purpose, hmm. then our purpose is found in God. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think we're we're missing the step there. Okay, fair like, enough. Basic, okay, so let's go back to the clock analogy. If a clock is made, it ha- the purpose of it is to tell time. If humans yep. are made by a God with a mind... Then it has what purpose. is our reason for yeah. being here? God would, a God would have to create reality for some reason. It is and 10, so what, 10. I fulfilled my purpose. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> I thought what? you were going to look at it and say it's over. And that was telling time. Um, um, what would, what would be the, like, mm-hmm. if a God exists and uh, like, like a clock exists and a clock has, is a bit able to tell time. Do we also have a purpose if the God has a mind and made us? The answer would be yes, right? The answer would be yes. Humans would have to have a purpose if they exist, if a God created them. Yes. But I... That purpose can be either for some, you know, because let's say that God needs coal, and so our existence would be for shoveling coal. (laughs) That's Obviously, it's not that simple. That's the Babylonian argument. (laughs) We need food. Make the people. Coal's the goal. (laughs) It's like the ancient version of oil. Yes. Yeah. The Sumerians had the idea that God, the, the, the gods wanted gold. Um, The Babylonians had the argument that gods, the gods needed to eat. So they made people to feed them. The Egyptians. I'm trying. Yeah. Ah, humans made it of the blood of a demon. That's sweet. I'm not a demon. Okay. Tears. Okay. A servant. No, it's the blood of a servant. Isn't that the Sumerian thing where they kill the servant? Oh no! It's, oh. it's tears out of the creative god. I forgot. I'm mixing my mythology. Guys, you're all over the place. A- anyway, um, the re- <laughs> I'm trying with with this line of argumentation. I'm trying not to beg the question. Yeah. Um, in saying that humans have purpose, we don't always know that what that is, and most people will probably tell you like they don't know what their purpose is, but everyone feels like they have a longing for a purpose. Is yeah. that indicative of God? It begs the question that humans do actually have purpose, and so I try not to do that. Yeah. But. Well, it, it's similar to. Uh, C.S. Lewis's argument of uh, if I have a desire or a hunger for uh, heaven, a better place, then but it does not exist here, then heaven must exist because I have a hunger for it because I have a hunger for all these other things. Mm -hmm. And they have a uh, they they find they have a rational fulfillment. Yeah, they have a fulfillment. If I'm hungry, there's food. If Mm -hmm. I'm tired, there's a bed. Yeah, if I'm yeah, all of these things. If I bear existential emptiness, there must be something. Yeah, something <laughs> that fills that. Yeah. 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 The beatific vision. Anyway. Yeah. And if it is existential, there must be an existential existential fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which we would call God, or at least it comes from God. Mm-hmm. Which means that there's a, there's a, the, that would also presuppose a relational aspect because he's yep. the thing that's fulfilling the hunger. Even if we want to go again back to the Sumerian, you shovel coal. 
<laughs> you give you bring yeah. me food and you get to live. Okay, that's not a Sumerian thing, but yes. It's I, the one we're making up right now. That's the one that we're falsely putting on the Sumerians. That's what I love about ancient history is you can make stuff up. That's like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Sounds pretty right. Yeah. I mean, that's just Xenophon. Yeah. Um, no, like a million people died. Who cares? But yeah, so it means me? that in all these other religions where there's this presupposed purpose, mm-hmm. if there is actually one God mm-hmm. and that God is there and we have a purpose, mm-hmm. then all of these other attempts at finding that purpose are wrong and that there is an actual purpose that we're here for. Yep. And that those other claims are people trying to find reasons, sorry, trying to find what that purpose is. And yep. they think they found it. Yeah. But people... Let's go back to beatific vision, because I feel like that that needs to be more widely explained. Sorry, what? The beatific, beatific vision? Yeah, beatific vision. Ah, there's so, the, so many different ways that we can articulate so that. So the, the basic understanding is that if there is something to be fulfilled, or if there is a longing of fulfillment, then there must be something to fulfill it. Is that, am I right in saying that? I'm trying to simplify it a little bit, because we've just been going hard and fast forward. And I want to make sure that we're actually understanding these concepts before we move forward. I think so. This is one definition of the beatific vision. Okay. However, it's so laden in Christian theology that it it is explicitly the Christian answer to like C.S.S. Lewis's mm. hunger thing. Uh, the beatific vision is when God, though transcendent, opens himself up to man and gives man the capacity to contemplate God in all his heavenly glory. Mm-hmm. That is right. like the, the 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 merger of heaven and earth, the yeah. eschatological hope of the fact yeah. we can yeah. think and conceptualize a god proves that there's a well, it would be the the ultimate end and purpose of humanity, right? That's but that's so laden in Christian theology that it's it's the theological answer to that well apologetic question. That, that is forward. the fulfillment. The fulfillment is God opening Himself to you fully in 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 the fullness that you can understand. Yeah, well, and giving you and yeah, the ability to. You can tell we're very Western this is, by yeah. the way we're talking about and this. And this, this is presupposing the Christian God. I'm trying to kind of yeah. sort of avoid... Well, then in the philosophical version, it would be the true, the good, and the beautiful. That's what fulfills? That would be the... That is the philosophical ultimate. What do you mean? The the, the philosophical the philosophical ultimate. The, 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 the things that are best and greatest for us to strive towards mm-hmm. are the true, the good and the beautiful. That seems like you're presupposing so much that I think we're, we're, uh, yeah, I don't even necessarily, I don't disagree with you. I just like, even on a more basic sense, if there is a longing, yeah. there probably is a fulfillment that is outside or, or beyond humanity slash the universe. Um, well, even if you just go reasonability, mm-hmm. right? if it is reasonable based on our understanding of the universe, likelihoods and all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. that there is a metaphysical mind that actualized creation Mm -hmm. and existence. Okay. If he has a mind and has intention, because that's most things are, as far as we can tell, are made with purpose. Mm -hmm. Even if it is just entertainment, there is a purpose there. Right. Um, what are humans as a created thing yep. intended for? So presupposing that there is some sort of purpose. We're Additionally, not even alongside what that, that fulfillment actually no. is. And, and we're and as far as we're saying is it is reasonable to conclude that. We're not saying yep. that directly 
proves that. It is reasonable to, to think that. Yep. Additionally, if it is reasonable to think that a metaphysical mind created the universe, it is reasonable to at least look and see if that metaphysical mind has attempted to contact and speak to humanity. Yes. Hmm. And this gets into, okay. Might even be regarding their purpose, but, you know. A God exists, probably. It is we reasonable to it, conclude. Yeah, we can see it in the philosophy. We can see it in the longing of human hearts. We can see it in reality itself. What God then exists? Why would it be, as we are Christians, why do we say it is the God that exists and not just a God? It's not the Sumerians with the coal. Because, because all the other did. gods were destroyed in the Old Testament. <laughs> I love go, that answer. Go watch our uh, Samuel episodes to see what Joel's rambling about. Um, sorry. I'm starting my own podcast. <laughs> Joel's rambling. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think the strongest argument to proving why the God exists is whether or not Jesus died and rose again. Sure. Um, it's such a bold claim. It's such a crazy out there thing. Yeah. It's not It's not the only thing, at least for me. And when I argue with people, I think it is the one I focus on the most because, like you said, it's bold. It's out there. But also, it's either true or it's not. Mm-hmm. If it's not true, you're going to have to prove it. If it is true, the implications mean that God exists for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, did Jesus die and rise again? And how do we know? Isn't that more of a historical argument? It is, yeah. But it's reasonable to conclude, I think, based on what we've established. If those things are true, then it is reasonable to look as look through history to see, has God mm. moved in human history? Yeah. Has he reached out in any way? Well, and in this case, this specific case, no, what the people that people see? say, not just the often, um, people say, the bunch of religious people at that time say, this thing happened, and it is the God that made the universe. Mm-hmm. It is the mind, the mm-hmm. metaphysical yeah, mind the that created the universe. God. Well, not yeah. just that, that we have these writings that are communications from our God that make claims about a guy who would do such a thing, and then this guy in history did those things according to the words from our God. Hmm. Well, that, yeah, that prophecy is, a, is like a wild. Yeah, the argument, but, for but me, that's the that's the connection between purpose, the him communicating with us, and then him interacting with us. Yeah, sure. Is that that's where all three of them connect? Well, I, I think that when you connect all all of those things together, prophecy, miracles, mm-hmm. and the death and resurrection of Jesus, you make like if you can get two of those three, you have proven God beyond the shadow of a doubt. As long as people actually hold to that, I think mm-hmm. it is. Better to say it is reasonable to conclude that God exists yeah. and the Christian God. Yeah, I don't yeah. know about shadow of a doubt. I think I'm betraying my weird skeptic epistemology, sure. but I, I don't. I don't think it's it's fair to say beyond shadow of a doubt. Uh, I, I think it would be if you can prove that Jesus died and rose again, and that either prophecy or miracles exist. Yeah, but by nature of history, you cannot prove. But when you say prove, you're talking history. His, Historical proving, not mathematical well, proving. Well, the, the, with almost all types of proof in any kind of, especially philosophy, it is. That's why but I we're say talking historical argument. Hist- history yep. by itself cannot be repeated. The yep. epistemological truth that comes out of history is different than the epistemological proof that comes out of a mathematical textbook. 
no, you're you're absolutely right. It's not a solid. Technically, you can't know that whatever happened five seconds ago happened. You just have to assume it did. It is. It is very reasonable. It is yep. extremely reasonable. In fact, it is unreasonable not to conclude yep. that X happened five minutes ago if all the evidence shows it. Yeah. But technically, not like one plus one is two. Can you prove beyond a shadow of like? Well, that's sh- that's what beyond a shadow of a doubt would be. Is that um, the the opposing view would be astronomically impossible. Okay. Technically possible, but I guess. astronomically impossible. I guess if, if shadow of a doubt is not, as long as shadow of a doubt is not equated to the certainty that comes from one plus one is two. Sure. As long as those two things are made well, I think distinct. If, I think if we could do that, everyone would be a Christian. <laughs> so what is the proof of the resurrection? Well, uh, I think you can kind of look to the Bible. Obviously, then you have to get into an argument over whether or not the Bible's historical uh historically reliable or not but if we want to use the fragments from like paul or the gospels i don't even think you have to look to the bible you don't think so i don't think so you don't have to right sure like so well you have the first three centuries of christian teaching right you have the teachings of the apostles handed down verbally orally Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. yeah you have it encapsulated in writing sure um but you have their eyewitness to the belief. The apostles believe that Jesus died and rose again. Cool. Okay. Could they be tricked? What was, what are the likelihoods of that? Could Jesus have, what are ways that they could be tricked? Mm-hmm. Right. So let's, let's go, let's yeah. go back to the actual so the num- Are Romans good at killing people? <laughs> Most of the time. Very good. Yes. Yeah. Very, very good. The best, even. <laughs> At that point in history, the best. Yes. Yeah. They have a good rival in the Assyrians, but... Well, the Assyrians, Assyrians don't exist anymore. They played around yeah. with it too much. They weren't They weren't picking painless, you know? Yeah. But yeah, the brutal efficiency of the Romans kind of at le- lends heavily to Jesus died. Oh, yeah. It's right. one of the things. Th- yeah. this is kind and of, not only that, his apostles thought he died. Yep. From what we can a tell. whole crowd of people saw he died. Yeah, Roman they, soldiers who are used yeah. to executing people by crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Not just a Roman soldier, a Roman centurion, yeah. a mm-hmm. professional, high-ranking professional at killing people. And it's confirmed by the by the spear into the side. Yep, mm-hmm. the lance of Longinus. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, a little bit of history there. Um, yes, the spear that stabbed Jesus and. Uh, blood and water came out. Water and blood came out. Oh, yeah. I didn't know his name was Lance. <laughs> Romans what? are good at killing people. Yes. And they bury him. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So the 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 I the attempts him. to create an idea like the swoon theory where he pretended to die and then was able to roll a sixty well, that's, ton stone. That's the other thing is that yeah, he's yeah. he's now in the tomb. Now he has to get out after three days. Yeah. So even if he faked it, he's not getting out of the tomb. Mm-hmm. And then you can't fake what happened to you. Well, yeah. that's that's presupposing that people saw Jesus after he died, which yeah. we know is true. And, and William Lane Craig gets into it in Reasonable Faith a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the last, like, it's the last section of the book. It's not as long as the first part, which is more like kind mm-hmm. of like this podcast structure is. Most of it is showing why the universe needs a God. Yep. Now this is why it's the, Christ. Yeah. The, um, but the other argument you have is all of his followers died believing 
and actively promoted the idea that he rose again yep. and died holding that idea. If you're lying about it, you don't, you are without reward. You would be unwilling to lie about it. Oh yeah. Imagine being crucified upside down. Imagine being tortured multiple times, shipwrecked, yeah. boiled alive, boiled alive, like all these things yeah. that no one would lie for no reward to cr- to profess an idea that this man that rose from the dead was that God. they themselves and didn't in, at least fully believe. Without and, breaking. None of them. Yeah. And encouraging others to do likewise. Yes. Yep. Hey, you should, you should believe this. Die for it and incur horrible torture. It'll cost you everything. Yeah. Like it has cost me. That's one of the yeah. things that yeah. like people will claim the apostles were like called like where they're like, it'll cost you everything. Just give me money. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, but yeah, but they also died. And then they as they, they are dying everything. and being yeah. persecuted for it. And they yeah. have no money. Yeah. Like they're not rich people. They're mm-hmm. being persecuted. They are cast aside. Yep. And as they are dying, they turn to other people and go, This is the best thing ever. Jesus is Lord. Uh yeah. you should praise follow, God. Follow me. Do follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. Yeah. To the um, guard who's killing him. Yeah. Hey, like see what's happening to me? This guy, I believe that you're killing me because I believe this. You should believe in him too. This is going to happen to this, you. This is why I mentioned uh, you, you have to turn, like turning to the Bible and stuff. I'm glad we talked about this because I would have presupposed all this, but um, the Bible does like when Paul talks about the 500 witnesses plus himself, mm-hmm. plus James, plus mm-hmm. all the apostles, like that kind of thing. And they all witnessed Jesus after he had resurrected. Um, he kind of, he, he is in that in those verses. That's uh, 1 Corinthians 10 or 15. I can't remember. Um, he talks about uh, yeah. that these 500 witnesses, all these apostles, all these people seeing him after he died and being sure of it. Yeah. And you can talk to these people today, most of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. first the women, then Peter and John, then the disciples, then the... Um, the James. James, then the then. 100, then the 500, then the crowds, then finally me. Yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't there for those interactions, which means somebody told him about him. And if somebody told him about him and he's writing, if, if he's writing about events that he was not there for and another book that he did not write is writing about those events, then those two books unrelated to each other are talking about the same thing. Mm -hmm. And they weren't correlated or planned to fake this writing. Yeah. So they're both writing about something that happened. Excuse me. Here's the the stripped down argument for Jesus' death and resurrection. I think it's Gary Habermas is the one who puts this forward. He has a couple good books. Michael Lacana writes a couple as well Mm -hmm. on this topic. I think they come together to write one actually on this topic. I think they co-author one together. Regardless, um, we can confirm, or at least it is, extremely reasonable to yeah. conclude that Jesus died by crucifixion. Yes. There is every indication to think that he died. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. And you can make, have like very long arguments over whether or not the historicity of what people talk about, about the accounts of him dying are true, but most historians, the vast, vast majority of historians and people don't even say that the Bible has to prove that Jesus died. It's, historically, there was a Jesus and he did indeed die. Mm-hmm. You can, it is reasonable to conclude that mm-hmm. he was buried. That's where yep. dead people mm-hmm. go. And as far as we are aware, the non Christian witnessing of the time 
also agrees with that. Yeah. Yep. And it is reasonable to conclude that his tomb was empty because those people didn't, did not and could not produce a body. Mm-hmm. Now, people will say, the, what about the apostles that could have stolen the body? Yep, or someone else. They give no indication of mm-hmm. thinking that, that they knew it was fake. Their entire behavior is yep. based upon they genuinely believing he died and rose again. They gained nothing they by him. lying about it. Yeah. yeah, and that they met him. So, yeah. it's the evidence, at least, is that somehow Jesus died, somehow the tomb is empty, and the apostles genuinely believe in his death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. And the church today exists because of it. Yes. That's the largest religion. Yep. Then you pair, you pair in... Uh, so what you did, pair in miracles? Yeah. Uh, what are the claims that Jesus makes? Jesus's claims, the prophecies that lead up to Jesus, mm-hmm. which then presupposes the Old Testament, which makes it the Old Testament God as well. Uh, what are the things said about that God? Mm-hmm. Does that fulfill any of the requirements? Things like the longing, the causer, all of these things. Um, plus, like with all existence of God arguments, there's going to be a billion small arguments that add on to the main yeah. ones. But I think that these are the main ones. Yeah. Um, the big, the big simple ones, quote unquote, as simple as apologetics can be. Yeah. Well, there's books on written on any one of these things we've talked about. Yeah, even well, subsections of those things. Yeah. Well, and if this is true, that this God is the one and the claims about his attributes mm-hmm. and who he is are true then it disqualifies other gods. Yeah. Yes, it absolutely disqualifies other gods. Um, the Because if you believe in God, then you're going to partially believe in, or at least mostly believe in his scriptures mm-hmm. as well, the, the, the means <clears throat> well, of which he interacts with. So I see humanity. this atheist argument all the time that's like, why are you, uh, what was it? Why are you coming after me? I believe in only one less God than you yeah. do. Yep. And you believe in thousand less gods than the Hindus do. And I'm like, that's, that that's dumb. That? No, that's like <laughs> Ricky Gervais or yeah. something. Yeah, okay. Just dumb apologetics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the difference between someone who has a bald head versus someone who, who's never had their their head, yeah. their haircut. It's just like, you just, you just go to one less, I just go to one less barber than you. Yeah, but I'm bald. <laughs> There's there's a categorical difference between us. Yeah, we, you, we're not adjacent to one another. That one barber I go to, what's the makes me categorically different than you. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I could go to many barbers. Sure, we might all even look the same. That's not the point right now. I can't. Your I, argument categorically presupposes something that is not true about the argument. Yeah, and it's the uh, I can't remember the technical word for it. The logical fallacy that's basically oversimplification. That if you can oversimplify and explain something, it's similar to the many fakes mm. um, logical fallacy that, oh, yeah, look at all these other religions. There's so many of them. Why do you say that yours is true? It's like, well, just because all of them are fake doesn't make mine fake, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Si- similarly, just because you can simplify things down to a very easy uh, throw back in your face point, that doesn't make it an actual point. Um, yeah. It's also like there are so many different wrong answers to a mathematical question. That doesn't... Yeah. Yeah. Two plus two is four. Yeah, but 
two plus two is four point one. Yeah, I said it, it's five. Yeah, we're just one point off. Yeah, but you're you're just wrong. That's not how an answer works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, but I, I mean, I feel like that's what we're coming up against is if if the Christian God is the one that exists, no other God can exist. That's that's the whole point, isn't it? So yeah. we're talking about well, if that's the claim that he makes, yeah. If that is the claim that he the makes, one true God, yeah. yeah. Um, if it is reasonable to conclude that there is a metaphysical mind that that is the first cause that has reached out mm-hmm. and acted in in mm-hmm. time and space in correlation to humanity, right? To yeah. reach out to humanity, well, it is more than reasonable to think of the things, the, the truth that is revealed in that yep. as true. Yep. Especially and in the specifics that are said. Yeah. If 10 gods claim they made the earth, but only one actually did. Yeah. 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 If, t- if, if there are two, 10 claims, but one of them acted in history and there's reason to yeah. believe it, well, then you would believe his, that God's claims. Yeah. yeah. If two if two gods say we're on a mountain and they, one of them said that they were lord over a country or something like that and... One of them was the Baal, and one of them was God with Elijah. Yes, um, yes, it is straight up just like that, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's the the God it's that just, took up the pyre, pyre is the true one, and the yeah. one that couldn't do it isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one actually. Yeah, if you can prove the death and resurrection of Jesus, not even just that, all of these other ancillary, ancillary uh, arguments and things that add to it, and other points, like you can even say that the. If you even if you come to the uh, the Jewish and not Christian God, well, it the, points the, towards the Jewish Christian is the Christian God. It is. He is, I guess I should say. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. I I agree. If you um, come up with the Jewish misconception to... of God, the modern Jewish misconception. Yeah, of that's God. more what I'm saying. Um, you're mostly right, <laughs> but um, there you're still pointing to a god that speaks and talks yeah. with the universe yeah uh, one that says things about himself in the old testament new testament uh mm-hmm. in with well, people testament. yeah oh well, he interacts with people mm-hmm. in the new testament too um just not in the same way um i don't know where we're going with that i thought you're still talking about the no let's Jewish move on let's get over it okay <laughs> yeah. cool. but, interesting um, i think we began to derail there i'm sorry we begin no. to derail. <laughs> if, if the one true God is real, then saying that the other gods exist would be silly. So the Baha'i are yeah. kind of off the table with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Baha'is are so weird. Yeah. Man. You also can't believe what Muhammad said either. Well, no, because he, yeah, because he's making claims about Jesus and the God that are counter to yep. the God's actions. So. Yeah. You also can't believe in JWs or, uh, Mormons. Uh, if based on scripture, mm-hmm. which is two arguments away from what we were talking about, I agree, but I think we would have to lay that out explicitly to say those things. Yeah, that, that JWs a, are not out based on this definition. Mormons are. Yes. And Muslims are. You don't think JWs would be? JWs don't claim a subsequent um, revelation. They claim that the original revelation is different. Yeah. They're Arianists. Oh, really? Yeah. So, oh, uh, okay. So if the JWs had a book that they handed out and like that was a subsequent revelation and not just a magazine, then yeah, they would be considered. Right. Um, yeah. Well, the, or the, a Bible with a bunch of whiteout. Yeah. The, the reason I say, yeah, man, I saw some JWs today and I almost talked to them. 
You know, guys with vests. I knew I could win. (laughs) So why the the reason I bring bring them up and put them in with uh, Mormons and and Muslims is that they have a claim about scripture and the God that seems to be different from what that God claims about himself um, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Um, Which then gets into a biblical apologetics, but just for a different day. Yeah. That's that's a how to be a good Christian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and the reason I say that the JWs are different is because it's they think that our revelation is misunderstood whereas Muslims have a subsequent. You, you understand? Yeah. Yep. You get what oh, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I wasn't sure we made that clear. Yeah. Um and I don't know if we have much else to talk about. I mean, we could talk infinitely about mm-hmm. whether God exists and why, but yeah, this was a cut down bare bones argument, which I'm fine with. That yeah. was it was mm-hmm. fun. Um, before we end, do, do we want to give a quick description of what we think is the most compelling argument for God individually? Why do you believe in God? Mm. Just to ground it a little bit. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Colton, do you want to go first for me? Just to, you know, bat it back into your, uh, yeah, put you on the spot (laughs) when I, so no testimony time. I'm not, not talking testimony, but when I was starting to become more serious about faith, the thing that kind of convinced me is the, uh, going back to the teleological is the orderliness of the universe. Um, the fact that there are simple, uh, similarities between super macroscopic things and very microscopic things in terms of, uh, physics and stuff like that and how how everything seems to work together perfectly the beauty in it and the orderliness of it showed to me that there had to be some form of god um it's a little more of a personal thing than uh, i could convince someone i can't just it's hard to point to someone and say hey look at this beauty in the universe because they could just go i don't see any beauty mm-hmm. um but to me the stars themselves the uh the blades of grass the dew the atoms and how they function with each other point uh-huh. to me that God exists and must exist. So these aren't the most compelling arguments. Do, it, your question is not to you. What do you think is the most compelling argument? Yeah, it's well, what to you personally. What do you find? Okay. Um, I think mine is that only in the, not only. Sure. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Only in the Christian system. The most compelling thing to me. Only in the Christian system is the moral and existential angst mm. that is that burdens humanity mm-hmm. is truly answered. You tie you tie that with the transcendental argument, more of what C.S. Lewis would argue, more that hunger, right? And we have a taste of that of that promised fulfillment even now in the Christian life. You tie those things together, and it's that's 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 the reason why for me. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yes, you are, Joel. Joel, what do you think? Do you need to think about it for longer? Because I can go before you. Yeah, go ahead. I'll, yeah? I'll just segue into our closing after we're done. Oh, okay, that sounds good. Um, for me, it's what I've seen him do in my life. Mm-hmm. So this is a very subjective answer. Mine was too. Yeah. So it's mine. I no, I, I I just mean like a like experiential. Okay. Like mm-hmm. it's 
like someone else couldn't have come to that same conclusion. Yeah. Because um, it's your experiences. Yeah. It's, it's what the church and the people of God through obeying commands given by a God in scripture have done for me in my life and the people around me, the, the, the way it's made life better. Okay. Um, and experiential moments in my life where I've felt him. So to okay. use phrases that I've heard elsewhere. Yeah. It is. You believe in Christ because Christ has. You have seen Christ in the, in the Christian people around you and you have seen Christ in your personal devotion to him. The, the, yes. The transformation and, power of Jesus kind of. Like yes. That. And the, the. Maybe not specific. Uh, spiritual moments where I've felt God. Okay. Okay. So, and those, those are, those are, there's that whole line where it's like, people can't argue away your subjective experience. And right. it's like, that's true. And it's kind of a cop out, but it's, yeah. it's, it's undeniable from my experience. And I know that it will not convince another. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the hard part. Yeah. yeah. But as far as like the, the scripture is just undeniable for me in the effect that it's had in my life in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. And across history. And it's, it's nothing it, has had that effect on the world. That's because it's the King James only, right? Anyway, uh, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Um, I'm actually going to use one of the, you know, the arguments that we talked about tonight. Sure. Okay. <laughs> no, I think the cosmological argument is always kind of like rung true for me. Is that, you know, we do exist, so that must have started somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. No. Like, Five it's, minutes it's ago. Pretty, it's pretty nuts me to me. I mean, like, even just to think of um, humanity as being part of history that's already happened, um, that there was something to, to originate um, the movement towards myself is kind of weird. Um, because it's, I think life of, gets more meaningful when you see yourself as the ultimate conclusion up to this point of the entirety <laughs> of humanity's accomplishments. Not you either ultimate, get super arrogant or super, super terrified. Not ultimate. Yeah. You're this step. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you either get yeah, what was it, super arrogant or super depressed. And honestly, it depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just um, either I'm the greatest thing that has ever existed, or I'm the greatest thing. And then you come to the conclusion, you're just the most recent thing God has done in the world. And that is a weird thought. Um, Yeah, thanks for uh, joining us at the second rate. Maybe that's not what I should segue out of. (laughs) Your life's kind of insignificant in the grand uh, opera of history, but here we are. I should have ended earlier. But it's reasonable to conclude that God loves you. Well, that's what he says. Yeah. So. Anyways. Thank you for listening to the Second Rate Saints podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or even, you know, the most convincing argument to you, we would love to yeah. see it in the comments. We would love to see it in our email at secondratesaints at gmail.com. And you can even use the chat feature on our website at secondratesaints.com. Yeah, that that was it. I think we concluded it. Yes. Yeah. Just sure. end it. Sure. Just end it.